morning, CBF, and greetings to each and every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, our soon-coming Savior and King. The Lord has granted us all yet another opportunity to virtually gather together, worship our Lord, and to hear from God's Word. But can I be honest with all of you? I really miss gathering at WCOI. I really miss standing at the door and greeting you as you walk into church on Sundays. I really miss us all gathering together and listening to all of us raise our voice and sing together. I really miss standing in front of the pulpit and preaching this sermon. I miss listening to the reaction of the audience. Junie, I, I really miss listening to you. Uh, agreeing to what you hear being spoken from the Word of God. I miss scanning the crowd and looking at the various expressions, looking at that corner there and seeing Pradeep bite on his nails. I miss looking towards my right and seeing the kids listening intently to the Word of God. The world is still struggling with the virus. The world is still going through confusion and chaos. Death has become so prevalent amongst us today. But thanks be to God our Father, because we still have the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have the Lord Jesus in your life, my dear brother, my dear sister, and my dear friend, we do not require anybody else in this world. The last time we had looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 19, and from that passage, if you remember, we had learned the three negative consequences of not believing in the resurrection. Well, if any of you, if there is anyone that does not believe in the resurrection, there are three consequences that that person will have to bear. If anybody does not believe in the resurrection or does not believe in the gospel, then the gospel cannot supply life, cannot give you eternal life. We are also studied that the gospel then cannot simply save. The gospel then, thirdly, cannot save a hope. These are the consequences that fall on anyone that does not believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we are going to read and learn about the positive results of believing in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Since you believe... If you believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, there are positive results to that. And since you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, today's passage will talk to us about the positive results that anybody experiences in their life, not because of their work, but because of the finished, resurrected work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But first, let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 to 23. If you could turn your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 to 23. And let me read that portion for you. This is what the word of God says. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the firstfruits, then, when he comes, those who belong to him. Now, from this, from this passage, I want to highlight three main points. 
three points or three positive results that we enjoy because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if you believe in the resurrection, if anybody believes in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, firstly, number one, the resurrection of Christ provides eternal life to those who believe. The resurrection of Christ provides eternal life to those who believe. Look at that passage, verses 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ here is referred to as the first fruits. Now, this word or this term appears twice in this passage. Look at that portion, verses 20 and verses 23. Now, the term first fruits, the word first fruits is an Old Testament word. And it is found in Exodus chapter 23, verses 16 to 19. Could you quickly turn to Exodus chapter 23, verses 16 to 19? Let me simplify that passage for you. Let me read verses 16. Celebrate the feast of the harvest with the first fruits of the crops you sow in your field. Now in the Old Testament, God commanded his people to give the first and the best portions of the harvest as an offering to him. Well, did you understand that? God told his people, he asked the people of Israel to give them, give him their first and best portion of the harvest as an offering. Now, by giving the first fruits as an offering to God, listen to me carefully, the people of Israel acknowledged that all harvest came from God and therefore belonged to God. The offering of first fruits was also an expression of faith that something else, the rest of the crop, would come later. Well, by offering the first fruits, the people of Israel would acknowledge that God was the one who gave us these crops and God deserves these crops and they offer it to the Lord. But once they offer the crops, what are they going to do? Well, it is by faith they wait knowing that the Lord would supply, that the Lord would give them the rest of the, crop, of the crops. Therefore, the offering of the first fruit was an acknowledgement of God's ownership over every single thing. It was an expression of thankfulness for God's provision. And it was also an anticipation of what was to come. Now, when Christ is being referred to as the first fruit in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it signifies to us that Christ is an example because Christ was the first one to die only to rise again from the dead, to resurrect from the dead so that if anybody believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, he or she will also receive eternal life. I'll say that again. Christ being the first fruit signifies to us that Christ is the only person who had died only to rise again, never ever to die again. So that if anybody believes in the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus will give them eternal life. Well, what does this mean? Eternal life guarantees that even if we were to die after placing our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will rise again. 
This is because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. This is the promise that is to come. You know, like how they waited for the crops that was to come, that was to be sent by God. The hope that they had. This is the hope that born again believers have. This is the promise that is to come. Our hope with which we can look forward to. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ promises eternal life to those who believe. Not only that, in other portions in the New Testament, it also says that because of Christ, we have also become the first fruits. We're going to look at that. But before we look at those verses, can I ask all of us, have you received eternal life? Are you sure? Well, how do you know? And for those of us who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and have received eternal life, has the finished work of Christ brought change into our personal life? The, the Bible in the New Testament in the epistles very clearly states that we have been crucified with Christ and we are the ones who no longer live, but it is Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. Is this true of us? Of us who have received the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Has the finished work of Christ brought change in the way we study and in the way we live our college life? Do our friends, even if we are meeting virtually now, do our friends see the change in us because of the resurrected Christ who lives in us? Has the finished work of Christ brought change in the way we do our work? What do our colleagues say about our testimony? How do we behave with our colleagues? For all of us who are in full-time ministry, how do we do ministry today because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ? Has the finished work of Christ brought change in the way we do ministry? Has the finished work of Christ brought change in our marriages? As husbands, are we able to love our wives as, as Christ being the supreme example? of loving the church. Wives, are you able to be submissive wholeheartedly to your husbands? What about you singles? Are you able to maintain a life of purity? Again, because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. This is something that I want all of us to think about. And because of Christ, as I had said earlier, those who believe in the Lord Jesus have also become the first fruits. Well, that means today we have hope beyond the grave. We have hope beyond death. But let me remind all of us, in the meanwhile, even though we have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, our bodies, the flesh that we live in, daily pulls us down. We, we, we struggle, we go through temptations, we often fall and because of which many a times we grow faint. We groan in this body that we live in because this body has been corroded by death. You look at how Apostle Paul puts it. If you could just turn with me to Romans chapter 8 and verses 23. Uh, Ajit, can you read that verse for me? Romans chapter 8 and verses 23, while I take a sip of water. Thank you so much, Ajit. Romans chapter 8 and verses 23. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grow inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, 
the redemption of our bodies. Those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ have already been adopted as the sons of God. Don't misunderstand the verse. We already have received the adoption as the sons of God. But now we are waiting for our full adoption. And our full adoption will only be completed when we will go through the redemption of our bodies. Redemption from this flesh. When we will be relieved from this flesh. From this body corroded by sin. And this will happen either at the rapture of the church or through death. The body and the flesh that we now live in has been completely stained by sin. And that is the reason why we suffer. We go through problems. We groan. We grieve. We go through pain. We suffer. We are in anguish. And that is why we look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for his bride or for death so that through death or through the rapture, you and I will be delivered from this wretched body of sin. The full adoption will be completed when you and I will receive deliverance from this physical body. But why did Jesus Christ have to die in the first place? Let me read for you verses 21 and 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 21 and 22. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Brothers and sisters and my dear friends, death entered this world through the disobedience of one man, Adam, in the Garden of Eden. When Adam broke the commandment of God, he became a sinner. And we who are born through Adam are now born into sin. For since death came through a man, that is what verses 21 and 22 says, for as in Adam all die. David reminds us in Psalm 51 and verses 5, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Romans chapter 6 and verses 23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus Christ gave us his life to pay the penalty of sin, which was death, so that through his death and his resurrection, he might give us life, eternal life. And those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today, if you have placed your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you also receive eternal life. So that even if you die, you will rise again. But what happens to any believer or every believer when they die? Have you thought of that? What happens to a believer when he or she dies today? Well, that brings me to my second point. The second point is this. The resurrection of Christ presents paradise for those who receive. Verses 21 and 22. The resurrection of Christ presents paradise for those who receive. Let me just read for you verses 21 and 22. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. All will be made alive. We are presented with paradise. 
You know, when a believer dies today, we would use terms such as he or she has been promoted to glory. He or she is now resting. That person's earthly journey has come to an end. Resting with the Lord or with the saints. But let me explain it with scripture. Firstly, the scriptural term we use is that every believer who dies is asleep. You see that at the end of verses 20 to verses 20. Look at verses 20. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. That is the scriptural use, the scriptural understanding. Every believer who dies today, we say that they are asleep. Now to be asleep means their physical body, which we lay on this earth, is sleeping. It is resting. It is asleep. Secondly, now while the physical body of that person has been placed in this world and is sleeping, our soul or spirit immediately, instantaneously, at that exact moment goes to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 8, Apostle Paul says, We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Look at that. To be away from the body and to be at home with the Lord. This is instant. The moment a believer dies, their body is placed into this world, but instantaneously. That person is, even though away from the body, is at home with the Lord in their soul or their spirit. Thirdly, this home with the Lord is called paradise. This home is called paradise. So to simply put it, any born-again believer that dies today goes to paradise, goes to be with the Lord, and that place is called paradise. And we need not look any further than the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and his conversation with the thief on the cross in the Gospel of Luke chapter 23, verses 43. Listen to what the Word of God says. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today, instantly, you will be with me in paradise, at home with the Lord. When the thief on the cross believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and he placed his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus, because of the result and the reaction that he had, he looked at him and he said, when we die right now, you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is the home for all believers who die before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I ask all of us a question? Do we earnestly desire to depart and be with the Lord Jesus Christ today? Not as a deliverance from this problems and difficulties that we go through. Not so that you might escape from writing your board exam. No. But do we really desire to go home and be with the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, that is a godly desire. Apostle Paul speaks of his godly desire in the book of Philippians chapter 1 and verses 23. I am torn between the two, he says. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. That is what Apostle Paul says. In order for you and I to have this desire, we must first of all not have fear of death. There are so many of you that I know that are afraid to die. We must have no attachments to this world and we should live our lives as aliens 
and sojourners in this world. We should know that the end is at hand and therefore look for, looking forward to it every single day, knowing that we are draw, drawing closer to going home to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. This ought to be a godly desire of all born-again believers. You know, when our son Judah is about to wake up from his sleep or his nap, we know when he will wake up uh, because he will start to turn in his bed. So Ruby and I love to position ourselves in front of his bed. And the moment Judah opens his, his eyes, he scans the room. And the moment he sees our face, his face breaks into an expression of complete joy, happiness and contentment. I personally believe that this is what happens to any believer who's able, who's about to pass away from this world. When they close their eyes in death, in sleep, they wake up the very next moment in paradise. And I'm sure that while they scan around the room, while their eyes adjust to the light, they will definitely see Jesus, the author and the finisher of our life. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 2. As the, as the songwriter says, While I draw this fleeting breath, when mine eyes shall close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne, rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Well, if our loved ones who have gone ahead are resting with the Lord, what about us who are still alive? What about all of us in our church who have not yet died, have not yet passed on? Well, now I understand from the Bible that our loved ones are in paradise. What about us? Well, that brings me to my third point. The resurrection of Christ promises restoration which anyone can achieve. Listen to me very carefully. Verses 23. Let me just state all the three points for us again. Number one, the resurrection of Christ provides eternal life to those who believe. Number two, the resurrection of Christ presents paradise to those who receive. And number three, the resurrection of Christ promises restoration which anyone can receive. Verses 23. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Christ died and rose again is, and is now with the heavenly father and he promises to return back into this world. The gospel of John chapter 14. And when he returns back into this world, he will receive, he will bring together those who belong to him. So what does the Bible say? That when the Lord Jesus comes back, in, back into this world, he will not only receive those who belong to him, he will restore all things. Let me explain it in this way. The resurrection of Christ promises restoration for all things. Can somebody read for me Acts chapter 3 and verses 21? Acts chapter 3 and verses 21. Acts chapter 3 and verses 21. This is what the word of God says. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Christ will return to restore his kingdom. 
That's what Acts chapter 3 and verses 21 says. When the Lord Jesus comes back into this world, he will restore his kingdom. Jesus Christ will not only restore his kingdom, but when he restores, he will also restore justice in this world. Well, this is an encouragement for you and for me. Jesus, when he comes back into this world, all that is in chaos will be brought to order. All that has been wrong in this world will be made right. And everybody who has failed to get justice will get justice because the judge is coming back into this world. Jesus comes back. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus, the coming of the Lord Jesus restores his kingdom. Not only that, Christ not only returns to restore the kingdom, Christ restores or reconciles sinners. Christ will not only reconcile or restore the world, but he even today restores those who live broken relationships with God. Through the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, since Jesus has paid the price, God the Father is willing to accept any sinner who confesses and repents. Colossians chapter 1 and verses 20 and through him to reconcile all things to himself whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Christ restores sinners. He reconciles sinners. Number three, Christ restores or even strengthens believers today. Our life in this world is not easy. We struggle, we suffer, through many things. Even the last few weeks have not been easy for many of us at church. We have struggled as a family together. But we have Christ, brothers and sisters, and he provides grace, he provides security, he also restores our strength when we feel weak. If you can just turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 10. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 10. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be power forever and ever. Amen. Christ will strengthen us each day. He will make us strong and he will remain steadfast. If any of you are struggling in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, let me read to you and encourage you from Psalm 51 and verses 12. You can make this your prayer today. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Would you be willing to confess, re-surrender and ask God to renew your inner, inner spiritual man? What is the benefit of believing in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? What is the positive results for that? Well, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ provides eternal life to those who believe. Not only that, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ presents paradise to those who receive. Not only that, the resurrection of Christ promises a restoration which anybody can receive. Before I close, this week, let Philippians chapter 3 verses 10 and 11 be our prayer. Would you turn with me to Philippians chapter 3 verses 10 and 11? Apostle Paul says, 
I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Can this be our prayer this week? To know in that portion means to experience. So let this be our prayer that we would experience more of the Lord Jesus Christ. To know the power of his resurrection. It signifies that just as how Christ resisted death. Christ resisted death. Because of Christ, you and I have the ability to resist all shortcomings. To resist all temptations during our earthly journey. Christ gives us the strength to resist. To share in his sufferings reminds us to desire struggles in our life. To share in his sufferings reminds us to desire struggles, desire difficulties because we know that these struggles will ultimately draw us closer to Christ and point us to his righteousness. The resurrection from the dead in that passage talks about Paul's desire to witness the rapture during his lifetime. Let us pray that it happens during our lifetime. This week, let us earnestly desire to know Christ more. 